Hey there, where have you been? Welcome to the No Jet Stress podcast, the show that helps you maintain optimal health and peak performance as a road warrior, no matter how much you travel. I'm your host, Christopher Babiodi, traveler wellness advocate, nutritional therapist, author, and ex-flight attendant of 20 years at British Airways, one of the UK's largest airlines. Welcome back to the No Get Stress podcast. I'd like to ask our listeners a favour. What would you like to see covered on the No Get Stress podcast? As an aviation industry flyer for over 20 years, I'm on a mission to make healthy travel the preferred method of travel for most business flyers. It's a choice after all, and I can't do that without your input. So please spare a moment and give the show some feedback. You can do this either at nojetstress.com, click the chat icon in the lower right-hand corner, leave your feedback, or you can go to my LinkedIn page and direct message me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. I can't hear you yet. In this episode, we're going to look at the ideal diet for business travellers. We're going to cover this topic in multiple parts, starting with the basics, then moving on to traveller specifics and adding in some diet specifics that are useful to help you round out any of the recommendations or suggestions that are given here. As always, be responsible and work with your primary health authority when taking any health recommendations into consideration. We often talk about making aviation sustainable and in this conversation, The conversation tends to be limited to the idea of how do we make aviation sustainable by looking at the fuel sources that are available. So pollution is way down and it stops being a problem. Equally, though, we have the challenge of the type of fuel that fuels the business traveller. The man in the machine, if you like. This is an important topic that often doesn't get enough daylight. And in tackling it here, what we're actually trying to do is to shine the spotlight on the idea that we can avoid burnout and all the nasty things that come with frequent business travel by looking after ourselves that much better and enabling the traveler to feel better doing business, traveling on business and managing that work-life balance. A conversation about fuel types for business travelers has to be more than a conversation about carbohydrates, fats and proteins, which are, of course, macronutrients. We have to delve a bit deeper because ultimately we do know that people tend to process these macronutrients and others quite differently and we perceive the stresses of business travel quite differently too. So the starting place for this conversation is the idea that clean fuel for the business traveller means understanding biochemical individuality. What does that mean exactly? Well, it's the idea that the nutrient profile that's going to be ideal for you, as opposed to anybody else, is going to depend on perhaps your genotype, the expression of your genes, the environments you live in, and the kinds of stresses that are impacting you. And as we know, we all perceive the world slightly differently and therefore our biochemical individuality can differ in terms of what is optimal for us. So we need to find that out first and foremost. It's becoming increasingly clear 
that a calorie isn't a calorie isn't a calorie. Carbohydrates and proteins both contain four calories per gram of food, whereas fat contains nine calories per gram of food. In many instances, there's an argument to be made for choosing more, or should I say more efficient, energy-yielding foods as the basis of our diet. And I've spoken about this before. I'm a fan of a keto-leaning diet at the minimum for most business travellers. But that being said, we have to take into account the idea of your ideal fuel from your biochemical individuality finding. So I can tell you right now, it's not about just suggesting that every business traveller go on a keto diet. Otherwise, this would be a very short podcast. (laughs) What it is about is understanding how you relate to making your diet efficient or as efficient as possible so that you are able to develop something called metabolic flexibility. And this is the idea that you're able to cleanly burn and efficiently burn any type of fuel that you choose to consume. And this is a good thing because we need that flexibility because our metabolism has been using this exact same tool before we knew what to call it. And it's part of our ability to survive as a species, which is demonstrated by the fact that we are here today. To put our search for a clean fuel diet into perspective, it's useful to take a look at the idea of biochemical individuality being the first step, followed by your macronutrient selection, which is pretty much determined by your biochemical individuality. Then looking at how your fuel mix turns out, with my emphasis on a bit of keto-leaning diet, which ultimately can get you to metabolic flexibility. On top of that, you want a sprinkling of nutritional supplements that work for you, that help you fill out any gaps in your nutrition that are not easily resolved through natural food sources. Food should always be the first place we turn to to fuel ourselves and a combination of these six steps with that as a predication are useful ways and tools to start you on the journey of creating your ideal fuel mix. What is the power of understanding one's biochemical individuality and selecting the right fuel mix? One of the examples I like to turn to is a research piece titled The Epigenetics of Royalty. This piece of research looks at what happens to honeybees and it is the journey of how the queen bee becomes the queen bee. It's about the expression of her genetic potential. The research shows that all larvae in the hive are fed royal jelly. And then up until a certain point, this feeding of royal jelly stops for all the larvae except for the one 
that becomes the queen bee. I think that this is a demonstration of the true potential of us selecting foods that optimize whatever genes we are handed to make sure that we get optimum performance and our ability to have the best individualized and clean burning fuel that we could hope in service of whatever it is we do on business travel. I will link to this piece of research in the show notes. When you take another look at macronutrients after having an understanding of whatever information your understanding of your biochemical individuality might yield, you will obviously have the understanding that carbohydrates convert to sugar and are the easiest fuel for you to burn. You can choose fast, medium or slow burning carbohydrates and proteins for the most part play an interesting role in terms of the structure of the body, rebuilding the body, producing a lot of the movers and shakers of the body in terms of neurotransmitters, hormones and other materials of the body. And fats, for their part, are also part of the structure, the membranes. They pretty much hold our cells intact. And at the same time, they have the ability to produce twice as much energy as carbohydrates and proteins. So with this knowledge, one might want to consider exactly what their fuel mix is. How would you go about that? A simple way would be to observe. And in order to do that, you would want to keep everything else in your diet pretty much the same and see how you respond. But a way to get results potentially a bit quicker is to use a continuous glucose monitor or something like a lumen device, which tells you what you're burning, having having ingested um, these different types of macronutrients. All are useful. It's a matter of which you find easy to use to get you the information that helps you move forward in terms of selecting your fuel choice. So you've got your clean fuel sorted out. You know what you should be eating. You know what's best for you. And you go on to live happily ever after. Well, not so fast. Remember, a calorie isn't a calorie isn't a calorie. If you choose to eat your invigorating meal at 36,000 feet in the middle of the night, you cannot reasonably expect it to have the same effect or desired effect as you would have at your breakfast table in the morning at your home location. Your circadian rhythms are shifting as you travel and therefore the impact that that meal is going to have on you is going to differ based on the fact that you are in flux and your circadian rhythm is shifting as you travel. On top of that, your metabolism doesn't work as efficiently at 36,000 feet as it does on the ground. This is one of those occasions where eating sparingly or packing digestive enzymes for any of the foods you decide to eat at altitude would be quite useful. 
when you understand the impact the aircraft cabin can have on metabolism of all types, not just for digesting food, but on the quality of the air you breathe, on your ability to run your metabolism as you normally would at sea level, then you understand its importance and might want to take some further considerations into account. One, I've mentioned this one just a minute ago, eating sparingly if you choose to eat on an aircraft. Alternatively, eat foods in their simplest form as possible and with as little condiment or spices and sauces as possible. Two, not eating at all. There's a case to be made for intermittent fasting that does actually have a beneficial effect on the body and is a good thing to practice at altitude if that is something you find you can tolerate. Three, steering clear of the fanfare made around food on aircraft. Now, I don't care how many Dunlop-starred meals or Dunlop-starred chefs put the meal together, eating gourmet meals at altitude is not a thing. It leads to more trouble than it's worth and pretty much should be avoided at all costs. I have nothing against Michelin-starred chefs or restaurants. It's just that it's not appropriate at 36,000 feet for the sake of your health and well-being. And don't get me started on alcohol at altitude. With those considerations in mind, what are your best options? One, eat on the ground. Two, hydrate adequately throughout your flight. Three, judiciously use caffeine to get you onto local time when you need to, if you can tolerate it. Four, BYO, bring your own healthful snacks to see you through your journey. So rounding out this episode with a recap, we have the idea of understanding our biochemical individuality so that we can pick the correct macronutrient selection for us with a preference for a keto or keto-leaning diet at times, which gives us an opportunity to mix up our fuel and then for us to be metabolically flexible. With a sprinkling of supplements on top of that, we should have a diet and a fuel mix that sustains us for business travel success without it leading to burnout. In part two, we're going to look at traveller specifics when it comes to the ideal diet for business travellers. What essential nutrients should we be on the lookout for in our diet? Stay tuned for this and more in the next episode of the No Jet Stress podcast. Wherever you go, farewell. Farewell.